0: Welcome to Business Conversations with your host, business strategist, Clive Ennevar. Clive is joined by expert guests as they talk business behind the scenes to give you the tools and insights to support your growth, security, and serenity as you strive for your success. Welcome to another episode of Business Conversations with Clive Ennevar. I am Clive Ennevar, business strategist, and we're having a conversation with Les Watson about get back an hour in every day. Les Watson's passion for and expertise in time management and productivity has earned him the nickname the Time Lord. So if you hear me refer to him as the doctor, you'll understand that I've just lost myself in time. He has worked extensively throughout Australia and Southeast Asia, delivering dynamic training programs to major corporations, small business and individuals. Les's depth of knowledge and skill comes from over 30 years of experience as a trainer, speaker, and facilitator in self management, motivation, and communication. He lives and breathes time management in his own life. Hello, Les. Welcome. Thanks, Clive. Nice to be here. Absolute pleasure to have you. And I really like that you mention self management, motivation, and communication, because as I wander about in business for all of
1: these years, I discovered that lots of people have difficulty communicating. Yes, and my background is from that personal development side where I got to have the opportunity to look at what made me tick and my own communication style and see how I could improve that. And when I, when the light bulb went off, particularly around communication, I was then able to move my life to a whole new level. And it was at the same time that, I discovered this thing called time management or how to be more productive. So it went hand in hand. If you have an awareness of what works in your own life and what doesn't work, you can then move it, shift it, and change it. And I was given this this system around time management. Was a uh, back in the day when time design, that's how far away it was out of Sweden. And it, it just completely and utterly changed my life. And I presume it changed it in a positive way. It did. I called myself Drifting Dennis because I didn't have any direction. And given this particular system and methodology, I was able to get some direction, get some goals and start achieving the stuff that I wanted to have happen in my life. The guy that trained me was the doyen of uh, time management. And a lot of people would know him. And that is David Allen, who wrote the other book on time management called Getting Things Done or the GTD methodology. You'd be aware of him, wouldn't you, Clive? I have seen his work. He trained me back in the, we're talking 1985, so back a couple of decades ago, and it really was a thing of, it opened my eyes as to if I had to get stuff done, or as someone would say recently, how do you get shit done? Then I was able to to learn how, what's the methodology around that and. Once I'd gotten that, I then had my own training company and was able to start to develop my own thoughts around it, my own methodologies, and take that to people and have them grasp it as well. So essentially, it comes back to the the usual way of
0: doing things, find the, the simple method of doing it, create the habit, and it keeps
1: doing and it keeps giving. Well, the habit's an interesting one. I'm very curious around this whole thing of new year's resolutions because how long do they last clive like how long do they last and for most uh, people they less than three weeks <laughs> <laughs> so if they're not lasting three weeks what is that what is it that gets in the road of new year's resolutions not sticking and not becoming something that you get to the end of the year and you say wow that was fantastic and i was able to follow it through to the end so what is that and it becomes down to habit and part of time management is looking at what are the systems that you can have in your life that will enable you to schedule things, enable you to focus on things, to get stuff done, as opposed to it being, oh, I didn't go to the gym again. That's the 15th week in a row. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, what That's happened? True. Like, what's the system you can put in place to do that? So, for me, I separated into two things. One is planning. And the other is action. So what planning do you need to do to create the life that you want and the time that you've got and then get into action on it? So we can talk about that through our time today, but it does come down to are you planning for what it is that you want? Are you setting it up as a system to then action? To make it simple and work through it so that you don't fall into the old habits. Yeah,
0: indeed. So... Where are you taking it mostly nowadays? Are you finding that people in small business, given that I think somewhere in the order of 48% of small businesses are one-person businesses, are you finding that those are people who are really looking for better time
1: management or are you finding that it's the bigger firms that are looking for it? It's across the board. So it becomes what I found is it's... People say, well, what I don't hear is, oh, Les, I've got a way too much time on my hands. Please ask me to do something. They're more along the lines of, I've got way too much to do, not enough time to do it in, and I'm struggling. I've got anxiety. I've got this stress. I can't get stuff done. So when, as I said, it's across the board, whether it's an individual that I'm working with or a small business operator or those in the power seat in small to medium enterprise that say my team needs something what have you got so it's across the board I have a saying and it's if you're breathing you need time management if you're breathing you need time management because if you can't manage your time you're not going to either create the stuff that you want or be recognized as someone that keeps their word no absolutely and Time
0: is one of those things that if we're not managing it, it slips away. Indeed. And all of a sudden, nothing's being done. Indeed. Have you noticed through your time with this, Liz, is there a particular barrier to having people adopt time management?
1: Not a barrier, but several. And I'll come back to procrastination later, but procrastination being one of them. But the first one that I look at is getting clarity for people and part of that is how much is going on in people's minds so I do a what I call a data dump or a, a brain sweep where you get everything out of your head that's on your mind down into paper so what is it at work that you've been thinking about that you haven't either started called you had the idea and not done anything with it or you've started not continued it or you've continued and not finished it or you've finished it and not acknowledged it so that's all swimming around in the mind, and every now and then when you put your head down to do something and focus on something, the rest of the brain goes, Psst, what about me? Hey, hey, Les, what about, me? hey, Clive, hey, you haven't done this, hey, Clive, Clive, I know it's small, but it's still, I'm still here, Clive, and it's just so annoying that you go, oh, look, a butterfly, oh, look. Uh, and it just, it just taken off into a distraction world. And that happens all the time. So, the getting it out of your head onto paper is the first step of what I call clarity. So, that you can then do something with it. So, I, I take people through a process of getting it out of your head onto paper. And, and if people would like that, then I'll give you a link at the end and, and we can give that to the listeners. But it, that's the whole thing around clarity. How can I get clarity about? What are those things? And I've even had someone in my group go, oh, yeah, thanks for that reminder, heart medication. I'm going, I I beg your pardon? How can you have that as a non-action? I know I forgot about it. It's like, yeah, right, okay then. So that's, that's like it goes from I need to take the garbage out or I need to buy some detergent or I need to do some mowing all the way through to that particular person saying, oh, yeah, heart medication. And not only is it a work thing, but it's also a home thing. So I differentiate it and do it in two parts where you've got stuff at work and what's swimming around your mind at work and I do a trigger list. Of words that people are able to have as a trigger, a word that's a trigger, they go, "Oh, thanks for that reminder," and write down what that incompletion is. So whether that's work or at home, called "How's the kitchen sink?" or "How's the laundry?" or what are those things that you walk in and you go, "I should do that, shouldn't I?" And I, one of my classics is the garage. For most people, they go to the garage, and when I say they go, "Oh, thanks, Liz, thanks for telling me that." But for me, I'd always say. I've got four things that are incomplete in the garage. My wife, she would say there's 20, but really there's only four. And, <laughs> and, that, and those four are, and I rattle off these four of, I bought two shelves and only built one, so I need to build the second shelf. So i write that down. I've got some cardboard boxes I need to unpack and, and put in a plastic tub. So there's another one. I've got some audio gear. Well, let's just stick it with three. I've got some audio gear I need to pack away. So those three are really relevant because a lot of people will go, I'm going to do the garage. And they walk into the garage and go, yeah, nah. Because what happens is you've got 20 or 30 or 40 things in there and it becomes overwhelmed so they don't even go anywhere near it. Whereas if you get it out of your head onto paper, you can then do something with it. Would you like me to tell you what to do with it, Clive? Or what are those steps? I'm not going to tell you what to do or where to go. Now, the four steps... The steps required once you get it out of your head is as simple as what are some of those things you're never going to do that you've been getting, Clive? Been on your list, mate, for 12 years. It's time to let it go. And those sorts of, yeah, yes. I'm, I'm really and kidding. Of course, that's part of
0: your action aspect, isn't it? The part of that action will include actually marking off that you've done it.
1: Exactly. So that the, even the whole thing of putting a highlighter or a tick or crossing it out, that really helps. So that... Delete is part of it, single actions. So there's single actions, but before that you do what are the two-minute jobs and you do the two-minute jobs because you can get those out of the road really quickly and you get a lot of those done and you go, look at me, I'm getting all productive. So you've got your singles. Your singles are longer than two minutes and less than a project and what's the definition of a project? It's simply more than one action. And for most people, garage would be a project where what are those actions out of the garage? Oh, I've got 20 of them. Just write them down. And then rather than go in and do what, it's going and do one of them at a time.
0: Yes, and that applies right to everything that one does really, doesn't it? Just, just get one thing done and get it done completely. Yep. Then you're able to move on to another one rather than, as you mentioned earlier, being overwhelmed by the vision of these 20 things that need doing.
1: And the biggest overwhelm in a lot of people's life is email. So email becomes this thing of, and I, I, I use the example of one of the clients I had did a public seminar of mine and said, I need some help in my office. Can we do a one-on-one? So I said, yep. And I got there. So what's the issue? He said, email. I said, show me. And he had 6,000 emails in his inbox. And that's not the worst I've had. I've had one client have over 100,000, and I've got evidence of it, so it's not made wow. up in his inbox. And you kind of you think about all of those emails, whether they're done or read or, or not, all screaming at you from time to time going, Clive, what about me? Clive, 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 what about me? So they're all screaming at you. So I said, okay, understand you've got the 6,000. How many of those 6,000 are relevant? And he said, oh, about 20. I said, great grab or create a a folder over here and call it Demilitrozone or 2020, you don't really mind, and take all of the 5,980 and move them over to the other folder. And what you're left with is 20 emails. He said, oh, I can do 20 emails. And his productivity went through the roof in that moment. It's like bang. And he got up the next day, came into the office and he had seven emails. And he went, I can do seven emails, and got rid of seven emails, and got to this thing called Inbox Zero. the Inbox Zero methodology, either David Allen or Merlin Mann actually talk about it extensively, and it's something that a lot of people have never come across, because as soon as you open up an email account, you have five or ten emails in there telling you what to do, but Inbox Zero gives you clarity and gives you the chance of just focusing on the task at hand hand. And I noticed a number of times you've mentioned
0: clarity, which is something that I work with people on a lot. And clarity is something that many of us seem to have difficulty with. We call ourselves clear-minded, but we don't have clarity. Is it, in your experience,
1: planning and systems that allow that clarity to come forward? The planning is the starting point of it. So getting it out of your head, down onto paper, then the planning of it, but once it gets out of your head, where does that list live? Where does it situate itself? So that's where your systems come in. And and I talk about it across the board, whether it's a paper-based system or an app-based system, it doesn't matter. And one of the executives I was working with at one point said, Les, are you giving me permission to go back to a paper-based system? I said, yes, I am. said, oh, thank goodness for that. These apps do not work for me one iota. And I went, not a problem. She went out, she grabbed a system from Officeworks, and when she brought it back, everything went into her system, and her productivity again went through the roof, primarily because she was working in a system that works for her. So what's your system? What's the listener system that enables you to be productive? So... A lot of people have a paper-based diary, and I have a paper-based diary. It's just there. And you can get Philofax, or, or Collins-Debden or Covey, Time Design. So there's paper-based or you can systems. get the Business Life Planner from Business, Business, Business. Did I mention the Business Life Planner from Business, Business, Business? Thank so you for that plug. <laughs> that's absolutely <especially> fantastic. <laughs> There's going to be a grab from the Time Lord. Business, Business, <laughs> Businesses Life Planner. So, so you could use any of those and the opportunity is if it's paper-based, if you're a kinesthetic type writer that, that loves a bit of ink on a, on a pad, it's that, yep, that's me, then go in that direction. And yet there are those that say, no, I've moved from Paperless. I'm so 2020, I've moved on from Paper. (laughs) And And that's fine too. So what's the app that you're using that enables you to run the direction of your life along the lines of, are you using OneNote? Are you using Evernote? Are you using Asana? Even down to the calendar that you might use or the reminder systems that you use or the note system that you use. For me, it comes down to OneNote. OneNote is perfect because it replicates the paper-based system where you can have different notebooks and the tabs in those notebooks and the pages in those tabs. Yeah,
0: it's all about what works for the individual, isn't it? And because we're all individuals, many of us have different ways of using even the same diary or piece of software. It's important to find what works for the individual. And that, of course, is, is what you're about, is finding the right things for the individual, be the individual a single person, a single individual, or a business with a number of individuals within it.
1: Yeah, it's an awareness of, of what works for the individual in and of themselves, if they're a single person operator, or in a business, you're going to have to slot into some systems that the business is working. But outside of that, what facilitates your own productivity? And if that's paper, then great. And if it's apps, then great. Because the, the good old mobile phone and the ability to have your productivity app on there or the even down to alarms with you at all times enables the productivity to be a whole lot easier nowadays than what it ever has been.
0: Yes, it's exciting when we have phones that, almost appear to have forgotten how to make a call.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And it helps when you can say, uh, I won't say it because if I say her name, she'll respond and and I don't want her to respond. But you (laughs) actually, you call her and she says, yes, I can make that call or I can make that memo or I can make that appointment. And that's just a voice command. And I love it when I'm driving. So I'll actually say, hey, so-and-so, make a note, and the note is there so that I can make five of those And I'm on the road and I get to where I am and I can look at my notes and I've got the five reminders of what I need to do and I haven't taken my hands off the wheel.
0: Yes, absolutely excellent for that sort of thing. I I have to say that I appreciate it a lot (laughs) because I have far too many thoughts, I'm I'm sure, while I'm driving, and it's excellent to be able to remember them. We'll have someone else remember them for you. Indeed, indeed. So what are some productivity hacks that we can put in place to give us more time?
1: I've got quite a few of them. So if you've got a pen or if you haven't been writing anything down up until now, I really encourage you to grab a pen and write these down because some of them are absolute doozies that are so simple that, wow, it's like, why didn't I think of that earlier? And the first one, in a work sense, is handle each piece of paper once. Rather than pick it up, put it down, pick it up, put it down, pick it up, put it down, I have a thing that I call leadership in time management, and that is you need to lead your life. So as a leader, make decisions. You've gotten to where you are so far by making good decisions, then trust that, that when you pick up a piece of paper, just make a decision on it, and that's one of the four Ds, do it, dump it, delegate, or decide when. So, if you can be done in two minutes, do it. If it's not yours, so if it's actual spam, then dump it. If it's not yours and you need to delegate it, then delegate it and delegate it nicely. But if you can't do it in two minutes, then when are you able to do it and put it into a reminder system that gives you the chance of it not slipping between the cracks and say, okay, I'll put that one in for 445 because at 445, I'm not doing anything. So I can do it at 4.45. It's going to take me 15 minutes. And at 4.45, the reminder comes up saying, can you do this now? And you go, yep. So the leadership comes in at that point of doing that reminder at that time because if you bump it, you'll end up again in the quagmire of 20 or so flags going, oh, no, it's all too hard. So the first one is handle each piece of paper only once. The second one is rather than pieces of paper everywhere – Don't use scraps of paper. So not a post-it note here, a back of an envelope there, a napkin there. Have a system, find out a system, and I don't mind if it's a notebook, as long as it's one notebook, that you then translate those notes through into an app if you do, or if you are a paper-based, it just goes straight into your paper-based system. So that one in and of itself, don't use scraps of paper what's the next one clive no no is a very powerful tool no is a very a lot of people are yes people so so they wonder where their time goes and i go do you like saying no no i'm always saying yes to people it's like that's that's where your time goes because you're too nice every now and then i have a, a technique of a's and b's for prioritization a's must get done today Bs get done later, but what are the A's and do those in the morning? So when someone comes up and says, have you got time? And you go, yeah, I do in the afternoon. I'm just working on my A's right now. Can we do yours at two o'clock? And they go, yep, not a problem. So you're able to focus on what's important to you and then get to them because often people will be focused on their work and then get interrupted once, get interrupted twice, get interrupted three times and it's five o'clock and they haven't done what needed to be done and they'd need to stay back. That's not good time management. No, indeed. And as
0: you mentioned earlier, they are relatively simple things to do. It's just that many of us find it really difficult to do these simple little things.
1: Like this one, plan each day the day before. The last thing you do before you leave your desk of an afternoon is plan what's happening tomorrow. So I'm about to finish and I'm looking at my thing tomorrow. I turn around, oh, Clive, we need to do that thing in the morning and we haven't booked the thing. We haven't booked the breakfast. And seeing that at 7 a.m. in the morning, we better book the breakfast now as opposed to getting there at 7 a.m. and going, did you book the breakfast? No, I thought you booked the breakfast. Well, that's not going to work. So plan each day the day before. It enables you to catch those things that you may not have done for the morning or what you need to take for the meeting or the presentation. And the other one that it does is if you've got challenges, if you've got conundrums, if you've got some questions that are unanswered for tomorrow and you've captured them the day before, you can ruminate on that overnight and you know, Clive, that every now and then you'll wake up in the middle of the night and go, there's the answer to that thing. And you write it down you're able to go back to sleep. And the other one that happens is uh, being in the shower where the answer will pop to a conundrum or a, a question or a problem and it's available to you. And that comes from knowing what those questions are and that comes from planning the day before. And the other one that I've got for you, unless you want to say something on that, Clive,
0: i actually going to comment that it's amazing how our, our brain or our mind or whichever it is continues to work, notwithstanding that we might need a sleep. Yeah. And, yes, we can be woken with those things, and it really is a matter of you only get those messages if you've got your little plan made, okay, I need to find a, an answer to this issue. Mm. And they do pop out. They do. I like it. and. It's very important, I find, to write them down because if you go back to
1: sleep before you wrote it down, you're probably looking for it in a year or two. (laughs) Correct. And the other one along those lines is don't trust your memory. If you want better productivity, don't trust your memory. The brain is a good place to have an idea, not a great place to store an idea. Take it out of your head, write it down. So don't trust your memory. And uh, I always use the example of a particular um, person I was working with and we walked from one end of the office to the other. And we had three ideas at one end of the office. And by the time we'd gotten to back to our desk, we'd had probably five, or six conversations with different people. And when she sat down, she said, oh, I've forgotten those things. And I said, what, these three? She said, what made you write them down? And I said, because you can't rely on your memory. And that was a case in point. And a lot of people say that. It's so like, but I've got a good memory. It's not about that. You need to write them down so that having a free mind enables you to be creative and get on with other things that are more important. So that's another key. Don't trust your memory. Are you a good memory person, Clive?
0: I have an absolutely excellent memory. And one of the things that I teach the people that I work with is your memory will tell you lies. And it does it frequently. I'm very pleased to see a paper recently by some scientific research group who have actually identified what memory is. And we won't go into it because this is all all about time management, but the short story is Clive was right. (laughs) Of course, of course.
1: No, I love it. That's very good. All right. The next one, for all, but more in a corporate sense, and I do say all because we, we all do them, that is meetings start your meetings on time and you want to look at where to get back some minutes in a day have a look at your meetings and are you starting your meetings on time are you finishing your meetings on time and the key with it all is have an agenda because you can't have people speaking to items in a meeting if they don't know what they're speaking to if they've not been given that information up front so that's a matter of setting the agenda items out In advance, so it's like, yep, they come and they come prepared. So start your meeting on time, finish your meeting on time, have an agenda. That finish your meeting on time is key. Get to about three quarters of the way towards the end of the meeting and say, okay, we're about to wrap up. What are the action items and who's responsible for those action items? So that it becomes an action-oriented meeting as opposed to just fluff, just a talk fest. And you'll find that your productivity increases because people will have items with which they can action as opposed to, oh, was I supposed to do that, was I? Oh, it wasn't written down. So make sure that you start your meetings on time, finish your meetings on time, and have an agenda. Another one is develop routines and habits. What is your productivity routine? What's your habit? So (laughs) I, I say to people, what's the major habit that people have at the start of the day in corporate? And that's coffee. (laughs) It's like, okay, does coffee work for you? Yes, because without coffee, nothing happens. And I go, yeah, yeah. But is it on your dime or the company's dime? Oh, ouch. (laughs) That's not very good. So people push the start key on the computer and they go, okay, see, I've started. I'm going to go and make coffee now. (laughs) And that's on the company's dime. Whereas if you get there 15 minutes early or you're picking up a, a latte on the way in, is on your dime so you're looking at productivity then that's one way and I'm not saying coffee is bad or tea is bad or breaks are bad I'm just saying notice those sorts of things once upon a time it was uh, cigarettes that people would be doing a lot of cigarettes and therefore they wonder where that that time went so we'll look at the amount of time you're spending in those breaks and those up because one of the other things that I say to people is take breaks breaks are important so rather than all work and no play, make Jack or Jill very dull, morning tea and afternoon tea was designed specifically to take a break, to recharge, so that you can come back to the task afresh. Lunch is specifically designed to, for you to get up away from your desk and have lunch not at your desk. And a lot of people go, yeah, but I like eating at my desk. That's not the point. The point is you're not giving yourself the opportunity to take the break for the brain to actually wind down, and then when you're ready to come back to the task, wind it back up again. So have a look at your own breaks. If you drink enough water, Clive, you'll be taking – breaks naturally would I be right
0: absolutely it's very <laughs> important if you're drinking enough water that occasionally you've moved there's a certain portion of your body will tell you yes
1: move. <laughs> indeed two last ones that I want to kind of expect perfection of yourself and I say this because even though I wrote the book get back an hour and every day and they call me the time lord I still stuff up just ask my wife she'll often say I read a really good book about that I went thank you very much." I wrote that book. (laughs) I'm not perfect in this. I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm saying this stuff works and it can work for you too. And in doing so, don't expect that it's going to be perfect straight off the bat. So if you fall off the horse, get back on. Don't go, oh, no, it's not going to work for me. Just give it a crack. And I say give it a crack for 30 days. Make it a habit. Find out what works over those 30 days. Find out what doesn't work in the 30 days. So you can modify, move, shift, shake, and see what works for you so it can then become more of a productivity habit for you. So don't expect perfection. And the last one is clean up from last week, what I call the weekly review. So I'm going to put Clive on the spot and say, Clive, do you do a review of your week? Indeed. And
0: I try and do a review every day just to show you how crazy I am. No, perfect. I do a review each day and each week I like to do a review. And indeed I have KPIs set upon me by me. Yes, I did it. And (laughs) I love it. By checking what those, what the performance is relative to each of those KPIs, I can see immediately where I might be falling down or where I'm doing really well, where I need further education, et cetera. So that I don't just do it with people that I work with and people who have in the past worked for me. <laughs> yep. I do actually do it to myself.
1: Yeah, perfect. And the mm-hmm. a plan we shared the day before does have that opportunity to do a daily review in it as well. And the weekly review mm-hmm. is a great way of getting to the end of the week and saying, okay, if you wanted the simple version, that is what worked during the week, what didn't work during the week, and what are we going to do differently next week? I do one where my wife and I will leave the house, leave the office and go to a coffee shop and we'll take her through her diary. So Mary, my wife, will take Mary through her diary and see what she did in her week and I'll ask her questions to enable her to capture any of those things that may have slipped between the cracks. From last week, she'll then go on to next week, what's happening, what does she need, what cars do we need, et cetera, et cetera. So that's hers. And then she'll throw it to me and go, what did you do this week? I'll do mine. And then particularly when I'm out and about, whether it be here, overseas, around Australia, she'll say, so what flights have you got? Have you booked accommodation, transfers, those sorts of things? So she'll be able to ask me questions about that. And I take that out for a week, a fortnight, a month, so that I'm Capturing things in advance, as opposed to them sneaking up, going, "Oh, there's a flight, and I've missed the opportunity to get a uh, a discount on it." So, the weekly review is huge as far as productivity is concerned. It's a catch-all. There is a specific one that I use that looks at what incomes come in this week. What's the bank balance? So, what's the bank balance for the business? What's the bank balance for us personally? What invoices have I sent out? What are the outstanding invoices? What proposals have I put out this week? Any leads that I'm working on, meetings that I've booked or meetings that I've held, any PR that's happened? Have I appeared on the Clive Ennevar podcast yet? Any training I've done, any mentoring I've done, and networking that I've been a part of? So that one is great because it enables me to have a snapshot where I can then feed that to Mary to go, here's company as a snapshot she goes well I wasn't there day to day but I'm now across exactly what's going on so I've encouraged I'll encourage everyone to do that sort of snapshot at the end of the week to go here's where I am in my business. Absolutely and it, of course it's also very important to see how you're tracking
0: against your longer term goals because if you have a goal that you know you're going to do over the four weeks if the first week you missed it you know, you've got a little bit more to do next week.
1: <laughs> oh, very much so. And, and I would imagine that this particular podcast will come out in the relatively short framework as opposed to the second half of the year. So, again, we talk about it from goal setting. It's like goal setting isn't just a set and forget. And, yeah, some of them are great that happens, you know, oh, I said it and didn't worry about it and it came to fruition. For the majority of people, that's not the way it happens. It's a matter of, as Clive said, It's a piece of, well, this week did I do it or this day did I do it? And if I didn't do it today, I can pick it up tomorrow. So the more you make it a habit, the more you put into a schedule over time, the more you make it a focus, the more it can be a reality and come to fruition.
0: Absolutely. And as you've been saying during our business conversation, it's all about getting extra time, making better use of the time that you have. But speaking of business conversations, what is the best tip you, Liz, have received from a business conversation?
1: For me, it is, it came down to action. It's like a lot, I, I said I was going to mention it and here it is. That's the thing around procrastination. A lot of people procrastinate and I was guilty of this in the past, that it's an opportunity to look at something and not procrastinate, take an action on it there's a whole lot of study around why we procrastinate, and it could even come down to a simple thing of fear. I don't, I don't want to do anything with it because I fear the result. And a lot of that comes from just an imaginary outcome. So rather than take the imaginary, just take the steps. Just do, 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 and do. Take the action. And that can be small actions. And the small actions over time can create a very large result, but it will take action. So rather than think that that thing of planning and action, planning and action, planning and action, well, I'm going, well, enough of the planning, guys. Let's get into action. What are the things you can do to enable you to get stuff done or get shit done? Come on, come on, enough of the planning. So for you to get stuff done this year, what actions can you take? which in your planning can come back down onto today, what action can I take today that will make an impact over time to get the result that I'm after.
0: Absolutely excellent advice. What's the top piece of advice you would like to leave listeners with today, Liz? Uh,
1: not only is a procrastination, but also support. So at, as we finish, I may actually give something to the listeners as a, as a link, but what support do you need to get stuff done? And that may be the people around you. It may be experts in the field. It may be people in your team. So support, what support do you need? Two keys with support, asking for support. And the thing that gets in the road there is that a lot of people fear. Again, the fear comes up or they'll feel weak or they'll feel selfish in asking or They've got trust issues with other people around asking or their shame around asking. So the whole thing around asking, there's a lot in it. But It's like sometimes ego gets in the road. Put the ego aside and just go and ask. It's like, I need help with this. I need help. I need help. So first one is ask for support. And the second one is, are you supportable? Maybe people are coming up and asking you, can I give you a hand? And your ego is again getting in the road going, n- n- no, Clive, I'm fine. I'll do it myself. Really? It's all about me. And if I don't do it and I give it to you, then it'll all be about two of us and that's not what I, no 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 no. That's the ego speaking. Let people in. Now I know I know it's not us, Clive, but we know people in our life <laughs> that that do this. And it's like, no, no, no. I want it to be all about me. And in doing so, I'm encouraging those people to just let those people around them in. And if it's the other side of that would be just asking. Just ask people for support.
0: Indeed. And look, this has been uh, an absolutely delightful business conversation with Clive Elliver. Thank you, Les Watson. And most importantly, before we, we let you get away, how can our listeners connect with you to start their own business conversation?
1: The website, getmoretime.com.au, so getmoretime.com.au. No, that's all one word. There's no breaks.
0: It's just get more time. Simple as that, getmoretime.com.au.
1: Yeah, and the, the piece that I want to give is if you put on the end of getmoretime.com.au forward slash Clive, I will put on there a link to the incompletion checklist or the trigger list It's an audio link and i'll have that there so that people can download it and start their own journey of getting clarity by getting it out of the head down onto paper so that's something that i'll give people all they need to do is go to getmoretime.com.au forward slash clive perfect and as we leave all of our
0: listeners as you alluded to earlier remember that perfection is a journey not a destination Just keep trying. Indeed. Thanks for listening to another episode of Business Conversations with Clive Enova. Make sure you subscribe to future episodes via your favourite podcast app and you can find more business resources at clivenova.com.au.